Welcome to another edition of Packy Chat. Uh, I think we're on week nine or ten. So happy with everyone that's been following us and the feedback we've been receiving uh, on Facebook. Uh, if you like us, uh, make sure you follow us, uh, follow Packy Chat on Facebook instead of just, I mean, like us as well, but a follow also helps us. The more follows and likes we get um, are helpful to uh, our Facebook status and how other people find us. Also, if you like us, go to uh, wherever you listen, whether it's iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or whatever it is that you listen to us through, uh, and give us a five-star or whatever rating you think we deserve uh, on those sites as well. Uh, the better our ratings are uh, on iTunes or Google Play or Spotify, the easier it is for other people to find us that don't know about us, which is always good. The more that listen to us, the merrier. For our faithful followers, we really appreciate uh, that you listen to us. We appreciate uh, everyone that sends us messages and comments uh, and ideas for future topics. This week, uh, we picked uh, one of those topics from from a comment, and it was a couple of people were asking about, you know, how we build, how someone builds a successful program, and kind of where we came from. Uh, we didn't really get into the personal side of it so much this week, uh, like as far as what what we've all been through to get where we are, but we definitely talked about, definitely talk about things that we think are important um, in building a program, uh, building good managers, building a good team, uh, and having success going forward. So that's kind of the route we took. I hope uh, everyone appreciates the, the dialogue we have this week. And as always, Packy Chat is just a conversation amongst a bunch of friends and the people that really dig on elephants. And we're not here to kind of pushing an agenda or anything like that, just sharing our side of the story. So we appreciate everybody that listens. Uh, again, tell your friends, get some more followers. Um, follow us on Facebook. Again, likes are great. We appreciate all the likes on Facebook, but also make sure you follow us. So with all that being said, uh, let's just get to it and hear what we have to say this week. Thanks for listening to us. It's not necessarily about us as individuals, but I think it's about just people in their in fields in general, the people that are usually good at what they do, they they always have a thirst for knowledge and the next step and you know finding out the the next best way to do things and learning from everybody that they that they come in in contact with and trying to you know like we said before take the snippets of every program that you like and form it formulate it into into your own stuff. Yeah, I like that, too, because a lot of people, you know, they kind of ask about career planning and stuff like that. At least all of us, we've kind of kind gone through the system and kind of. So yeah, I think that's a good idea. So what would you guys tell somebody that came to you that was new in the business that said, hey, I really want to do this and I want to do this at a high level. What does it take to do that? What does that look like? Um, can you give me some advice on your experiences on how you. Uh, gained knowledge about elephants and the workplace and how to be uh, the best keeper manager that you could be. One of the things is, you know, I, I took, I don't know if I would say I took the most um, orthodox way in just because of some of the choices that I made, you know, coming into the business and how I tried to get in. But one of the things I would say is, you know, a lot of people, they have these, you know, sort of prerequisites of the things they do or have to do to get into the business, you know, a lot of people try as we have, you know, volunteering and getting your foot in the door and all that. But really, you know, I, I look at this business as almost kind of like a trade uh, in the fact that 
I think the best thing that you can do is expose yourself or be exposed to a lot of different people and a lot of different um, methodologies, I guess. So <clears throat> it's almost like, you know, if you want to be a, you know, a master electrician, you, you attach yourself to a, you know, a really competent, good, you know, master electrician and, and, you know, you, you learn as much as you can. We have, you know, we have a unique opportunity that we have different um, facilities out there and you know we don't have like you know in, a, in terms of being like a trade it's not like we all have to follow the exact same rules and building codes and all that kind of thing but what we do have is the ability to ha see and, and experience different things and different ways to do things and i think the best thing you can do is is one try to see as much as you can and expose yourself to as much as you can and then also once you find a, a, you know, a program or a person or a group of people that you respect and, you know, you, you want to emulate, you sort of attach yourself to them and, and um, get everything you can out of it. I've often said that, you know, it's almost like um, if we all took our experiences and, and described them as a color, um, some of us may have, you know, the exact same experiences, but if you pull like a little piece of Play-Doh, you know, or, or a drop of paint or, or some, or, you know, a, a portion of that person's color into, into your color, two people with the exact same experiences might still have a different shade uh, because of the things that they got out of it uh, or, and things that they carry with them. But the big thing is, is, um, you know, even if it's something that you know that you, you may not want to use down the road, it's just, is just being open-minded and get yourself out there to be exposed to as many different things and as many different methodologies as you can so that you actually know what you want to do. If you pigeonhole yourself and just, um, you know, attach yourself to one program or one system or one methodology and, uh, and you sort of close your mind, you really don't know what's out there. So if you're starting out, I say get out there and see everything and then, and then you figure out exactly what you, want to, what you want to do and how you want to do it. Yeah, yeah I think that sometimes in this, um, in this, well, anything in life, you may um, kind of win the luck of a draw. You might enter this field in a program or with people that are um, great mentors, great teachers, and you can learn a lot. Um, sometimes you might not have that. So if it gets handed to you in life, that's great. Take full advantage of that. Um, but if it's not given to you, then you have to go and find it. You know, when I was a baby keeper, you know, and I, I, I necessarily didn't want to work with elephants, but the facility I was with, uh, went to protective contact. You know, they weren't sharing space for the elephants anymore. This was many moons ago. Um, that staff decided to leave, and the baby keepers got a chance to move there because nobody else wanted to. So it was a situation where it was a great situation where we had, there was many elephants. There wasn't um, a lot of people saying, well, this is the way we do things. So I got to learn a lot um, on our own. Is a little frustrating because we didn't have that mentor but you know like you said um, just because you don't have a lot of knowledge in your facility or if you do have a lot of knowledge in your facility don't limit to yourself to where you're at um, you know I guess my world really opened when I joined the Alpha Managers Association and started meeting people um, and that really took off realizing that that you're not alone out there and there's lots of people out there that you could uh, you know draw knowledge on yeah I mean I, I agree with everything that that's been said I know you know for me uh, I was lucky in the part of the 
the country I, I started working at because there were a lot of elephant programs around and a lot of really good programs around breeding programs and, and things. And, um, you know, I remember every weekend I had, I would drive to one of the other programs and, you know, some of them were three, three plus hours away and I'd get there, I'd be there at 6.30 when people started showing up to the barn, parked out front on my days off, uh, just to hang out with these people and see some different things that, that went on. Uh, my time, my dime, um, but it was important to me to, to kind of, you know, learn and see as much as I could from other people. And, and even so, while I spent a ton of time uh, around Charlie and Chuck uh, for many years you know I still did things you know my way or our way um, and I think somebody already said it it's it's taking the bits and pieces don't try to don't try to just see someone do something and mimic it exactly because there's so many different um, scenarios and different things going on at your own facility that uh, that's not always possible so take what you take what you can uh, you know, from it and kind of make it your own. But the important thing for me is, is doing things on your own. And like for our staff, it goes a long way when I hear people that say, Hey, I'm going to be on vacation. And, and granted, this isn't an expectation. I understand people have lives and they want to take vacation and do something fun, but it goes a long way for me when my team says, Hey, I'm going to, I'm on vacation in Florida, do you think you could call someone at Disney because we want to stop by and, and just see the program? Or I want to stop by here. Or I want to stop by there. And that that means a lot to me because it, they're doing something on their own time um, to try to make themselves better, which in turn is going to make our program better. So that's the kind of stuff that I like and I like to see. And again, bits and pieces from everybody because I don't think you can cookie cut these programs anywhere. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> I think it's 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 a passionate passion thing. I think it's a love thing. It's easy for us in our field to say, oh, I love my job, right? Because everybody loves working with animals. But I think to, to get to the highest level that you can, I think it's a certain level of love and a certain level of passion uh, to, to get you there. Uh, and I, I think if, if you're passionate about what you do and you love what you do, the hard work comes with that the traveling to see other programs comes with that. I agree with you guys. I think we've all traveled around everywhere on our vacations, on our own dime to, to kind of see uh, the Memphis program and then go up to, to Seneca Park and see that program, you know, uh, and I, I think that's a huge part of it, you know, because we have that passion to want to be better and to want to better, not just our own careers, but to better the lives of the animals we take care of because we have that that drive and that love and that passion for those animals again. And, and I agree with you, you know, you hear people that do things at the highest level all the time. You know, it, again, I'll make another boxing analogy because I love the sport. You know, Floyd Mayweather would used to say all the time, like I, I took this from Ali, I took this from Tyson, I took this from uh, Sugar Ray Leonard, you know, and, and that's how he got to be so good. And he had a, a insatiable drive to be the best. Right. Um, and I think that's, the drive and the passion for me, if you have that, then everything else will take care of itself, right? One of the things I've tried to do is, is you know, be as well-rounded as I possibly could, you know, especially through, you know, the years in, the, in our careers and people reach out to you. Um, it's one of my goals to 
personally, but also I think it, it's, a, it's a service to animals that, you know, we all care about, whether they're at your institution or not, is that I, I'd like to be someone who, who is well-rounded and, and, you know, can potentially help. So what I mean by that is um, I, would ha I, I don't exclude anything. So, I mean, there's things I've done in my career that are, uh, that are less applicable now than they used to be. There's things that I've seen and learned and done in my career that I really don't use now. Um, and I don't know when that's going to happen, but you know, if someone were to approach me and say, Hey, I, I, what do you think about this? You know, I, I, I would hate to be the person that's no, I don't really, I don't really want to deal with that. Or I don't agree with that. Or I've never experienced that. Or I, you know, or I purposely didn't expose myself to those types of things. Um, because I always want to be someone who is able to, to um, willing and able to, to make a difference if, if asked. Um, so, you know, it's one of those things where I, I never want to shut the door on anything. You know, the business is like, a, it's like a buffet, you know, it's all there. Take what you want, leave what you don't. We've, we've had similar conversations about this in previous talks, but um, it's always nice to say, yeah, I've, I've seen that or I've, I've been around that. And, and, you know, and I don't really, I don't really go that way. I don't really do it that way, but here's what I do instead. So, um, you know, it's not being closed minded to anything necessarily. And if you, and if you choose to go in a different direction, that's fine too. But also know that, you know, don't, don't pigeonhole yourself uh, into something and don't pigeonhole yourself out of something, you know, always, always be open-minded and, and willing and able to, uh, and be value, you know, to, to create a value to you for yourself later, you know? So, I mean, that's, you know, advice for people coming into this business is make yourself, make yourself marketable and make yourself available and make yourself uh, well-rounded by doing all those things we talked about already. And I, I think the lesson there too is, you're in control. I tell young people this interns. Um, I, I mean, I told the team today, actually, you're in control of your own destiny, right? Self-development. You know, we, I, we, we always talk about, yeah, we visited this program, visited that program. But I think all four of us have sent ourselves to conferences to, to, to help ourselves out. We all read books. We all do on that side of it as well. That again, we're all in control of our own destiny. And I think to be at the top level, you have to really invest in yourself to make sure that you get to that next level. And it's not just, it, it, it's everything that goes with it. So again, I think sometimes people get, oh, well, the zoo didn't pay for me to go to this conference, so I'm not going. I never let that be an obstacle for me. Uh, if I would always, of course, you want to reach out to the zoo and see if they'll pay for it, right? None of us make a, a ton of, of money. But if they didn't, I always knew that I was going to go anyways because it was up to me to pave my own road and develop myself because nobody's going to do it for you. And I think that's a big, big thing um, that people need to learn too, is that you control your own destiny and you're in charge of your own development. We all kind of invest in ourselves. So sometimes you have to make some financial planning, you know, it's, it's um, to go to another conference or to go to visit another place. You know, it's not free, but um, you know, you really have to think ahead both from a personal and financial standpoint, how, how can I do that? And then we say we've all been to other facilities, but sometimes it can be very intimidating to do so. I remember one of my first, um, you know, I'm going back, you know, I'm aging myself, but there was, there was no social media when I first started. It was pick up a phone, calling somebody, or going to a conference, stand in the corner, kind of making up some, um, getting up some courage and going and talk to someone as well. I lived in, um, general same area that Daryl mentioned. There's a different country, but generally the same area. But, you know, the facility I worked at, we went to um, 
you know, restricted contact, one of the first ones in that area of the universe, let's say. So it wasn't a whole lot of other places that had the same program. And what was really beneficial is going to see and visit these other places because they're the only options around where I lived that have had a different management system um, really gave you a better appreciation for what other people are doing if you just pick and choose going to places that are like yours or like-minded um, you're really losing out on something so I, I think I was lucky in the facility I was in that had a um, at that time kind of a new management system that wasn't very prevalent through the industry and then going to visit places that weren't that um, was extremely beneficial for that, um, for my development. So I really cherished that in having the opportunity to go and meet people. And then, um, you know, going down to Buffalo, let's say, and there's some people in Buffalo that, you know, nobody, you don't go to those places to vacation. So you don't even know to go to visit those places, but maybe you want to go visit those places because they have elephant programs. And I've seen many parts of the country that I probably wouldn't have gone to see and met incredible people by making an investment in my development as an elephant person, which coincidentally allows you to make amazing contacts and really fulfill yourself as a person and um, greater appreciation for everybody in this business. So I think, I think somebody said it, all programs, you know, I would visit anybody, you know, people that, and I know this, I know this has been said in previous podcasts too, but I don't care if we had the same philosophy or not, if they were open to me coming, I loved to go because I could learn something from anybody. Um, and I agree with whoever said, you know, don't just visit the places that are like yours because it's only going to like reinforce what you do. It's not going to really open you up to different things. But at the, you know, back in the day, uh, I used to go visit protected contact programs all the time when we, we didn't do any of it. It wasn't even in the back of our mind that we would do it. And I, I'm so glad that I did, you know, I learned so much from different people even though we had different philosophies and also different animals i love training i love training stuff i go see dog people i go see whatever if it's something training i mean how many different you know links and shit we pass around that are they're not elephant related they're just training related someone also said about pigeonholing yourself and i i couldn't agree more you know we, we've had a lot of success training adults and and babies but i think with every baby we have we do things different we know, we know we have success doing it one way and we can fall back on it, but we might have saw something or had different ideas and we always try to do different things to try to make us better and like someone else said, try to hopefully make the lives of the elephants better. Um, and just because we have success one way, uh, especially with training, doesn't mean we're just going to keep doing it over and over. We're going to try to grow and do things different to make us better trainers and to hopefully make the animals a little more uh, resilient. You know, we talked a lot about kind of how we start our careers. So we all start our careers shoveling shit. We know that. Um, what's some of, these, what's some of the, um, the road, you know, the road that we've taken to get where we are right now? Does anybody have, um, you know, any experiences they want to share of how they are able to um, not only improve their elephant skills, but get them themselves in a position in the elephant community that actually allows them to... Um, help write policy, have a stronger voice in policy, not only in your own facility, but within the elephant community. So it, it's funny because for me, um, I never wanted to work elephants. And granted, this is a couple of years into my career. 
I, I interned at the zoo for two years while I went to school. Then I got hired. I worked with great apes for a little bit. I did uh, carnivores for a little bit. Uh, and, I, and at one point I was trained to do everything in the zoo except elephants. And I remember the day my boss said that he's going to put me in elephants. And I, I kind of bitched out a little bit because I did not want to go work elephants. When I brought people to the zoo, like friends, we didn't even go in the barn. We didn't even go see the elephants, which is crazy because now when friends come, I don't think we see anything else. All I had was a couple, couple weeks in the barn literally shoveling shit and seeing how amazing elephants were and I was I was hooked so it's it's funny that you know someone who was pretty adamantly opposed to working elephants uh turned out where I am doing what I do with elephants I, I think the other thing about how we got here and how we got uh, into a position of you know being on the tag and doing things I never really ran for the tag I wanted to run for the tag originally um, but I had a lot of friends that were on the tag and, um, you know, you can't complain about something if you're not willing to be a part of trying to make it better, or make it different. Um, and so just, just attending things and not being afraid to speak up. And I know that can be intimidating for new people and young people uh, to go to a conference or to go to a tag meeting and to speak up. But I think they find out for the most part that the majority of the crowd is pretty, pretty open to it. And again, if you're going to speak up, don't expect, don't be mad if everyone doesn't agree with you right off the bat, because it's not about uh, necessarily changing everyone's opinion, but having your opinion heard so that it's just more information into the pot uh, to make a better decision as a group. As long as you speak up, then you've done what you can to try to be heard. Yeah, it's funny because when I started out and, you know, trying to get into the zoo business, it, it was pretty apparent to me. Um, that I wanted to work with elephants. I, I went through an internship and um, basically went through all areas of the zoo. And as soon as I hit the elephant barn, I knew that that's where I wanted to be. So it took a little while to get there, but <clears throat> it worked out. But then also once I got where I wanted to be in from the, from the you know, taxonomy perspective, there's a lot of things I wanted to do in my career. Um, and uh you know, have baby elephants, train elephants from scratch, be on the tag, um, you know, be on the EMA board, all these different things. And, and, you know, I've achieved a lot of those things and I'm proud of that. The funny part is I don't know, I don't know what the roadmap was for that. And I don't know exactly what, um, what the right, you know, what, what the right steps were that I took that got me there. The one thing I would say is just don't sit back in the you know don't fade into the background of these things be be active be communicative um and and get involved those are the best those are the best three things i would say you can do um to get yourself into some of these you know positions um, and even pem pem is another one i mean I, i'm i'm man i'm proud to be you know one of the instructors and, and to meet you know 60 new people every year and uh share experiences and, and all those things. So, um, so again, I don't know, I, you know, I, I don't know if I had a plan. I don't know that I really did. Um, I kind of winged it and uh, it worked out. But like I said, the, the three things I would say is get involved, don't fade into the background and, and you know, be communicative, be, get involved. You know, I, I did want to work with elephants. Obviously, I wanted to be a professional baseball player. That was my ultimate goal, but that didn't work out. Right. So my plan B was to, to work in a zoo and work with elephants. So I kind of knew that. And for me, 
it was just a matter of having good mentors. Uh, every stop that I've had along the way, I've had great people that actually care about me and, and, and my development. So I've been really, really lucky. And I've also been lucky within the field as well. And three of you guys are sitting here that I can rely on you guys as mentors. So I've been really, I think it's a combination for me is luck, being at the right place at the right time, uh, having good people uh, above me uh, that, that taught me what to do. Uh, and then uh, what was I gonna say was the last thing. Well, oh, was just, just for me again, like it's never good enough. What I did yesterday was not good enough for tomorrow. So that's kind of one of my personal theories that I say in my head is like, it's not good enough. It's not good enough. Yesterday was not good enough. Tomorrow will be better. And just try to build on every single day and get better, a little bit better each day than I was yesterday. I think that's kind of the roadmap that I've taken for myself. And, uh, and then people helping me along the way, man, you know, you, you don't do it on your own. You do, you know, you have, you are in charge of your own self-development and things like that, but you do have to get lucky sometimes and be at the right place at the right time. And uh, so I think that goes into it too, but uh, it's never good enough. Yesterday was not good enough. Today, tomorrow will be better. Like it or not, if you want to be on the tag or any EMA or whatever, it's in a way it's a popularity contest. And because people are voting, all they do is see a name. And, and they're like, oh, I remember that person. They spoke here, or they spoke wherever. Um, so, I mean, like it or not, it's a popularity contest in that if they don't know who, who what the, if they can't put a face to the name, they're not gonna vote for you. So the only way to do that is to, to speak up at a conference or a tag meeting, give a presentation, share your experience and what you're doing, uh, make people remember you. And that's how um, I think you're gonna you're going to move up and, and have a, a voice down the road. And I couldn't agree more with what was said about, you know, today's never good enough. You know, status quo is not, you know, in my vocabulary or in our barn for sure. Um, I, I remember not long after um, I started uh, where I'm at now, one of the keepers saying, you know, are you never happy? And it's, oh, it's not that I'm never happy, but it's that um, it's never good enough. I know you know, the team was great today, but I know we could do better tomorrow. I know it. And, uh, and never just taking it for granted. And that is what is one of the things that has really made, uh, I think, made the success for our teams throughout the years is that we always push, we always push to do better. I too never really want to strive to work with elephants. Um, I knew I wanted to be a keeper and work in a zoo at least since I was like, 10 or 12 years old but it wasn't until I started actually working in a zoo and I was literally forced or transferred to the elephant area before then I never set foot in that barn at all um, and then once I got there of course I got hooked on it. and I agree with you guys about the um, it's never good enough you know I remember one day giving a tour well giving lots of tours and one of my co-workers comes up to me and says I noticed every time you give a tour, you talk about what we're going to do, but you never talk about what we're doing. And that kind of hit home for me because it wasn't an intentional thing for me at all. Um, and that falls in the same category of nothing is, is good enough. You can always improve. There's always a better way to do things or there's more you need to do. And then you have that mentality. It will help you um, kind of uh, in your career and help your program. You know, I, you know, when I was a keeper, you know, at that point I said, that's it. I'm going to be a 
elephant keeper for the rest of my career. I'm not going to go any higher. It's not worth a buck an hour for all the hassle that comes with a lead keeper. And then as opportunities come up, you ask yourself, is that, okay, well, here's an opportunity for me to get a lead keeper. That could be at the facility that you're in right now. It could be a different facility and it might involve you moving. Well, for me, I went for a lead keeper. Not so much that I was like, ooh, I, I want that buck an hour. I want that prestige. I want that title. I want a bigger say. A lot of the things I was worried about is more, who else is going to come in here? You know, who else do I need to work with? You know, we probably all say that we have to kind of program our bosses a little bit. Um, so it's the same thing. You know, I'm, I'm going to go for a lead keeper. So I don't have to spend the time in working with a lead keeper and try to, you know, envision what I think is a good thing or work within the team. So opportunity comes up, you go for that. And then it becomes a little bit, you know, um, very satisfying. So now I'm in a position where I can actually lead a team. People who never used to have a voice, I'm in a situation where I can give them a voice. So sometimes, you know, if you're, if you're really looking for titles and things like that, there's enough people in our business that are just looking for that. But one thing I'd really encourage people to do is that besides the title and the pay or anything like that, it allows you to become a leader of your team, allow people that really want a say. You remember when you were a keeper, you want to have your input count. Once you become a lead keeper, um, you get to maybe have to say that. And the same with us. All of a sudden now, if you become assistant curator, you become alpha manager, or you become a curator, it's true for every single one of those levels is that if you believe you're a good leader and you want your team to buy into a program, you can have more influence by kind of rising up through that. Sometimes, you know, um, within our own facility, you know, we look for opportunities, but looking outside our own facility can be very intimidating because that could involve in moving, you know, depending on where you are in your, in your life. I you know, married with kids when I, I had to move to a different country and that's very difficult to do. My wife was a manager at our current facility. She had to become unemployed. So it's, you know, it's these damn elephants sometimes you're willing to make huge sacrifices for them and weigh what, uh, what works best for them. But for me is that sometimes I weighed the opportunity to take an advantage of something that was offered to me that came with a big sacrifice. So it was kind of a short-term step back, hopefully for a long-term game. So when we talk about, you know, moving our career forward and experiences, sometimes associated with them are some um, pretty big gambles in relocation with your family and affects your family a lot. So when it comes to, um, you know, we know it's not that simple. You know, if you're a 21 year old keeper and you're not attached to anybody, you're living in your parents' house, it might be a little easier to move across. So every point in your career, it may be a bigger sacrifice. But I think that if you're really dedicated to improving things for uh, elephants and for elephants are either out of a specific facility or in the field uh, sometimes you have to really decide whether it's worth taking that big step and taking that sacrifice yeah it's, it's a big step in 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 a lot of ways you know we have people that have come through the program over the years and realize how much work it is it's not a lot different working working elephants especially in the south working elephants just because of the heat than uh than it is working small mammals or uh, you know, with something that doesn't shit several hundred pounds a day. 
Uh, so I mean, it's a, it's a commitment all the way around. And, uh, you know, for me, and I'm lucky because my, my family is super supportive of what I do, but I mean, there's times, you know, where we have EHV cases or babies born and, you know, I might not see my family for a couple days, uh, at a time. And when I do, I come home in the middle of night or I mean in the middle of early in the morning and I sleep all day while they're home. And then when they get home, I go back to work. So, you know, I think that stuff too, and I'm not saying other, other departments and people that work with other animals aren't as committed. I'm certainly not saying that because I know, I know they are, but um, not all uh, species often require the, the commitment that elephants do. But I think you just hit the nail on the head as far as, again, so for me, this topic isn't, it's, it's about what do you have to be to be at the highest level of your profession, right? And so I think we all, at least I watched the, uh, the Michael Jordan special and he hit the nail on the head as well that said there's a lot of sacrifices that go with doing something exceptionally well, right? So to your point, there's a lot of travel. There's a lot of missing, you know, uh, your, your kids' baseball games. There's a lot of that that goes into it, that sacrifices that you have to make to get to that high level. And, and I think, again, if somebody wants to do something at a very high level, they have to understand that those sacrifices exist and that they are gonna to have to go through them, and, but they're gonna to have to go through them head on and, and break the glass and, and get through them and, and propel yourself to the next level because the sacrifices I think that the four of us have made for elephants are, are huge. Yeah, and the other thing is, you know, we were talking earlier about as you sort of ascend in the, in the business and start you know, meeting or achieving the goals you set out for yourself, there's a natural drive to be in charge or the boss or the lead or the whatever. But I think with coming with that though, there needs to be, you know, there's the assumption of the responsibility. But I also think that, you know, as many of us have assumed role, leadership roles in programs, whether it was because we, we entered into a new facility in that role, or we assumed that role at the, at the facility that we had, that we were, excuse me, where we were, and we were growing into a different role. I think there's a responsibility to still push forward and do more. So don't just inherit what you had and keep it going that way. And now just say, well, you know, now I'm the, now I'm the boss of this. I also think there's a responsibility to continue to, to, to push and try harder and push the envelope and do better. So, you know, and, and I think that it's not out of any disrespect for the person who you replaced or the person that came before you. I think there's a responsibility to, to always to try to do better and to incrementally move things in those, in those directions. So, um, and it doesn't have to be massive, you know, sweeping change just because you walk through the door. It's just, it's just the, um, the knowledge and the acceptance that we, you know, the collective we can do better and we should be doing better. And it's through communication and it's through pushing the envelope and trying new things and, you know, learn from each other and not making the same mistakes um, and capitalizing on the successes of others too um, is what's going to make this business better. And it's going to make you, uh, you know, your program better. So people ask, you know, how did you, how did you get the program you had? Well, you know, these, most of the places where we work um, have, are pretty established They've been around for a while. Most of the time they've been around with, with some exception. I worked at a place that didn't exist before I worked at it. But, um, but for the most part, you know, we inherit animals, obviously, that are, that are many times older than we are. And um, they've been around the block. So I think, you know, it's, it's a, there's a responsibility there to continue to make it better for them. And also, you know, to, to be a good leader and teacher and 
to foster uh, success in this industry, not just in your barn, but um, across the spectrum, across the whole industry. You know, something that it, it took me a long time to, to really realize, and it wasn't that it was an intentional thing, um, but for our program to really grow um, is to really try to develop people. And uh, granted, I'm not a, I'm not a handholder and I don't, um, uh, I don't spoon feed anybody, anything. Um, but, you know, years ago, I remember a lot of things, the, the team relied so much on, on the leadership that was there that they didn't even try anything different. It was just, Oh, we'll wait for so-and-so to get back from vacation or back from their weekend or from whatever. Um, and, and I didn't really think much of it. Um, and then probably about five or so years ago, uh, I intentionally started spending less and less time in the barn with the, with the hope that, you know, people are going to step up and do more. And then we had some changes in the barn, um, as well, some leadership changes in the barn, which really helped motivate people to step up and do more. And I think it's so important to give people an opportunity to do things, to grow. Uh, if you want your barn to be successful, you need to know that it's going to be successful when you walk out the door to either retire, to move to a new job or do whatever you can't, uh, it can't revolve around one person or two people. It has to be a team effort, you know, so developing other people is almost as important. It's probably more important to me than having, a, you know, just a one good solid leader in the barn. Yeah. There's that, there's that quote that floats around, um, you know, where it's a conversation where it says, you know, we should develop our people and it says, well, what if we develop them and they leave? And then the next line is, well, what if we don't and they stay, <laughs> you know? So uh, I, you know, I, I look at that all the time and I'm like, yeah, self-development is, is huge. And again, you know, we talk about it all the time is preparing the next generation to be better than you, you know? And I think you hit the nail on the head with that is we want them to be better than us. And the only way to do that is to empower them and let them make decisions and, and lead when the leader's not there. Yeah, the one thing I won't, like I, I said it before about spoon feeding, though, like, you know, I, I take it, I understand people have families and do things, but it goes a long way to me when I see people doing stuff on their own. And the person that comes to me that says, I want to do something, uh, I'm going to invest a little more in than the person. I'm not, I'm not prying or begging people to grow. And it also, you know, I want people in the barn that want to be there. I'm, I'm also kind of bad at if I if we get resumes for the barn if it says um, if we have more than one opening in the zoo and it has elephants and another area in it I won't interview them I want someone that wants to work elephants they want that that's what they want to do and for what it's worth it's worked out all right for me I guess I don't know what I've missed but um, you know I want somebody that wants to be there that wants to put the time in that wants to that understands the commitment it's going to take to be successful and to be a successful part of our program. You know, I'm going back a sec to talking about, you know, developing people and, you know, what happens if they leave, what happens if they don't. I mean, there's an inevitability that people are going to leave. I mean, the zoo business in general is pretty transient. I mean, there's zoos in every state and there's elephants in quite a few states. But um, I think one is you want people to be invested in what you're doing and you want people to be to work at a high level and, and through through that you have to develop them but also I mean the fact that when they leave you know developing people it's not it's not really a loss because once you send these people out into 
another institution or out, you know, in the business at another place, you're still doing a service to, you know, elephants and the business wherever they end up. And, and I think that that's, there's something to be said for that. You know, we all want to make the, we all want to make the elephant industry better. And, um, and whether it's on purpose or not, you know, or, or, or people leaving under their own volition and doing different things. I think that's also a developing people is also a way to do that because when they do go someplace else, they'll still carry those lessons and experiences with them that hopefully will, um, you know, help the next place and the next elephants. You know, you guys bring out some, some great points, you know, um, you know, we started our careers and worked really hard to try to be in that barn all the time. An elephant wouldn't take a step. There's nothing going on that we don't know what's going on. And then when you make that jump from being like say an elephant manager or even a lead keeper or something to assistant curator, curator and you have to step outside of that barn, for me, that was one of the hardest things I ever had to do because all of a sudden now you feel like sometimes you're, like you're drowning. You don't know what's going on. Um, and that's difficult because you just spent the previous decade putting yourself in a position that you know everything was going on, everything kind of, um, you have your finger on the pulse. When you make that career advancement and you experience to a level where it's impossible to have your, your finger on the pulse at all times because you have other duties. Um, you know, I agree 100% with everything you guys said. Empower your team, trust your team, and allow them to make their own mistakes. Because we look back at our careers, I think probably for me, one of the best things, when I first started my career, if I made a mistake, someone would jump up, my lead keeper, um, take the training tools from me, and told me to go sit down and watch. I wasn't allowed to make any mistakes. Now, I've, what I've learned is that it's okay to make mistakes. Instead of jumping in and rescue them all the time, give them the tools that they know how to get through an issue, how to work through a problem, how to problem solve, and you'll make them stronger on the other end. And I think all of us would probably say that, you know, it's, it was a difficult jump from um, being in a position where we're kind of having a great say, but we're kind of off to the side because we have other, you know, a lot of times it'd be nice to be a curator of elephants and all you have to do is just elephants. But a lot of facilities, when you go higher up, you have other facilities or other, let's say, other responsibilities to other species. And when you take on the responsibilities of those other teams, you know, you got your inside and outside voice. You always got elephants being number one. And you don't want to make the teams feel like they're second class citizens. In, in many ways, <laughs> they probably still are, um, no matter what you do to try to stop that. But it's one of those things, yeah, if you empower the elephant team to have a say and give them um, the tools available to them, um, that's one of been some of the proudest moments I have, you know, is not only training this elephant to do something, being successful myself and my team leading it, but stepping aside and seeing the team independently, in spite of you being there or not, by being successful, you can be equally proud of that. Thank you for once again listening to this edition of Packy Chat. Appreciate you taking the time to listen to us. Again, Packy Chat's all about just conversation. Take things you heard, uh, things that might work for you, and use them. That's great. Things you don't agree with, well, that's okay, too. We're not here to tell you there's one way to do it. We're just here to start conversation and have some thought. Once again... Thanks a lot for listening to Packy Chat. We appreciate you listening.